We're going to continue in our pre-decide series. So what does it mean to pre-decide? It means you make a decision before you get in the thick of things, right? That's what it means to pre-decide. We're going to decide today how we're going to react to certain situations that that might be coming up this week, for instance, right? Um, So the direction of our life is determined in a large part by the quality of our decisions. And the thing for us is that some of us, we're not very good decision makers. I'll raise my hand on that one. I mean, I try to do good. I try to make better decisions. Sometimes in the middle of it, uh, I don't know what it's like. When that driver cuts me off, I need to pre-decide before he cuts me off, before I get in the car. You know what? God, I'm going to honor you with my driving, right? Is that a good thing to say? That's a pre-decision. When my spouse frustrates me, what am I going to do? I've got to pre-decide. God, in those moments... I'm going to speak a blessing. I'm not going to speak a cursing. I'm not going to come back with a quick wit. No, that's just going to to sink the whole thing, right? I'm going to speak a blessing. When my kids disobey for the nth time, Jesus, this is the gift that you have given me. I need to train them. I don't need to just punish them or be mean to them. I need to train them. I need to help them. I need to show them. That's my job as a parent, right? So that's what it looks like to pre-decide. How about when you're worried or you're anxious? You need to pre-decide, what am I going to do in those times when I feel in over my head? God, as I read your word, I look into your word, and I'm going I'm to let that word bubble up from the inside. That God, when I'm anxious, your word tells me I don't need to be anxious for anything, but I need to bring my prayer request to you, and you're going to fill me with your peace. So that's what it looks like to pre-decide. Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about um, a certain word, but I can't tell you yet because... I'm putting my, um, my clicker's not working. There we go. Nope, too far. <laughs> there you go. All right, let me, let me try to do it. There we go, perfect. So this is the title of my message. Anybody like clues? Sorry that we just went to the next slide. I hope you didn't get it, but I don't expect you to solve it. I'm expecting you to get it as we go through the word, so this is going to make you look. It's like a seek and find thing, you know? You've got to be looking for it. But if there's anybody over-aggressive and you think you know it, you can tell me afterwards. You know, don't, tell, don't shout it out. I don't want to know it. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. So let's pray as we go into God's word this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word this morning. God, I thank you that your word is truth. It's light. We want to live in the light. Lord, so to the extent where your light shines in dark places of our lives, God, we want to open up to you. We want to surrender to you. We want to be changed by your spirit. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be reading from Matthew 25, and it's the story, the parable of the three servants. And it says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he leaves on a trip. I don't know if you've ever heard this story or read this story in Matthew, but this is how it goes. They all got different amounts. Was there anything special about the amount? God says that he gave that according to their abilities. So some of you, you know what? You got 21 speeds. Some of you may be a 10 speed. So maybe the 21 speed gets, you know, Five talents, the 10 speed gets two talents. Some of you got two speeds. And this is how my sister-in-law describes my brother-in-law. He's got two speeds, slow 
and slower. <laughs> right? And Jim, I think you got more than one talent, buddy, but I'm just calling you out. Um, so that when the master comes back, he finds that the person that had five talents did what? They grew it to 10 talents. The person that had two talents grew it to four talents. And the person with one talent was so afraid of the master that he hid it in the ground. And when the master came back, he's like, here's the talent. I've preserved it for you. And the master was not happy, but we'll talk about that later. So let's first cover the one that took the five to ten and the one that took the two to four. It wasn't about did they get four, did they get six. It's what they did, what they had in their heart. And this is what the master says to them. It says the master was full of praise. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, do you know the title? Huh? There you go. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So I look at this. They were faithful in what? In handling a small amount. So did the master give the five talents and goes, oh, I don't know if he's really going to be able to handle this. This is a lot. No, the master is saying, what I'm giving you is small. So he's giving you, according to, according to all of our abilities, God gives us something, and he's like, you can do this. He's like, he's, he's lobbing you the softball pitch for you to hit the homer, right? He's, he's not throwing you the 100-mile-an-hour fastball saying, ha-ha. No, that's not what God's doing. He's, he's giving it to us. He's giving it to us. It's easy. So the master praised the servants. But you see, here's the thing. To be a faithful servant, you've got to have two things going for you. You gotta be faithful and you gotta be a servant. Right? And sometimes we wanna be faithful, but it's like, oh, that's too little. I don't really wanna do that. I mean, you want me to clean the toilet, God? Like anybody else could clean the toilet. God, I want a big thing to do. And God's like, would you be faithful and would you be okay with little? Because when we show our hearts to God, see, it's about heart attitude. Everything we do, God is trying to work into our hearts. It's about heart attitude. Will we be faithful and will we be a servant in those little things? You know, and here's what I love about servants. A really good servant anticipates what the master is going to need, right? Like the master comes home and as the master's taking off the shoes, what's the servant doing? He's running with the slippers, right? The servant is anticipating this is what my master is going to need. Do we anticipate what's going on around us? Do we read the room and see, oh, you know what? There's a mom with her arms full and she's got a baby. She's going to the door. I'm going to open the door for her. I'm going to anticipate what's going on. That's what it looks like to be a faithful servant. Oh, don't they got greeters for that or ushers? It's not my job to open up the door. No, that's not the heart. That's not the heart. The heart attitude is I want to be faithful and I want to be a servant. That's what God calls us to be. Anticipate what's going to happen. So what is it about the two servants that allowed them to double the talents that they were given? I want to just break this down a little bit and look at three things that I think was happening in those two servants' lives. The first one is this. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. Right? So think about every time I meet you, I meet someone else, I'm at the store, I'm at work, I'm at home, every interaction I have is an opportunity to add value. If I'm going to grow the talent I have, I can't miss a one of them, right? Because then maybe my two is just going to be two and a quarter. It's not going to grow to four. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. 
And here's how I add value. It's in what I say and it's in what I do. Right? So the saying part, Ephesians 4.29 says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So rewind for the last week. Think about all the interactions you had with other people. How did you do with your words? Would other people say your words added value? Or is it like you were depositing? Or with you, were you withdrawing, right? Because you're cutting them down. Every time you cut someone down, you gotta, you're taking money out of their bank. Or are we adding value, right? What, what, do we, what we say matters to God. Every interaction is an opportunity to add value. So have you ever been on hold too long? And by the time that person, you know, the, the person that you're trying to comes on and says, oh, may I help you? You're like, I've been on hold for 35 minutes. Bless you. Bless you in the name of Jesus. All right, that's kind of hypocritical, isn't it? We're here on a Sunday morning praising God and we're chewing out someone that they didn't know we've been on hold. They're doing the best they can, hopefully, like maybe they've had a bad day. We don't know what it's like for them. But I've been that guy. I'm the customer and I'm not satisfied. Yikes. I have said that. I, don't, I regret it, though. I regret it. Have you ever been short with someone you live with? Isn't the true test of our Christianity, how do we treat those we love? Because sometimes the ones we love, those are the ones we're short with. Like they say one thing and then boom, there's that reaction, right? Are our words adding value? The power of the gospel is to change our lives. So are our lives changing? Right? Because if our lives aren't changing, if we don't see our words changing over time, is the power of the gospel alive in us? Have we really received Jesus? Or is our hard heart, or is our heart hard, is what I'm trying to say. Because when, when I have a hard heart, I'm not going to be a faithful servant. Because God's looking, it's all about my heart. So how do I treat others? You know what? Sometimes it's easy to love people when they're, when they're nice to you, isn't it? Right? If, if you... If you just, do something nice for me, and I'm going to say thank you, hopefully. But do I give you a thank you when you didn't really serve me well? Do I say thank you to the cashier that's like painfully slow, and it's just, you know, taking my line? Why did I have to pick the longest line at the grocery store? It's not fair. I'm in a hurry. Hey, pipe down. So Luke 6 says this, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners can love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners can do that. Even sinners will lend money to others for a full return. No, it says, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Right, that's what it means. We've gotta be compassionate just as our Father is compassionate. So every interaction is an opportunity to add value. How do I treat people? What, what comes out of my mouth? What are my actions? Am I adding value to others? I believe these servants recognize that. That's how you go. You take your talents and you multiply them. You add value to others. Second, every resource is an opportunity to multiply. How do we steward our resources? Right? If every... If every 
resources and opportunity to multiply, one of the most faithful things I can do to God is say, God, you've given this to me. Now I want to give it back to you. I want to use it for your kingdom, right? It's not mine. So think about what you have and how you're doing with it. Are you multiplying it? Maybe, maybe you're renting a house or you own a house and your yard is the worst yard in the neighborhood. Are you, gonna be, are you happy with that or are you going to do something about it? Right? Can you, is there something you can do if you've got a junkyard? How could you make it better? I'm not asking you to invest money you don't have. I'm just saying, how could you make it better? You know what? If you've got a junkyard, you don't need to let the weeds grow this high. You could mow it. That's a starter, right? That's a, that's a place to start. If you drive a clunker, how could you have the nicest clunker? You don't have to have fries in the backseat. You could clean it out. You could vacuum it. I don't know it's a clunker, but it could still be a clean clunker right? That's how we look at every resource as an opportunity to multiply. If you borrow something, anybody ever borrow a tool from your neighbor? I have. My neighbor, me and him, we give each other license. You know what? Even though I'm not home, go in my shed, take anything you need. I think I cash in more on that than he does, but at times we've gone back and forth. But do I put it back where I got it from or do I leave it at his front door? No, if I borrowed it from a shed, I'm going to put it back in a shed. If I borrowed it and it was dirty, you know what? I'm going to clean it up and put it back in an even nicer shape because I want to be a good steward. I want to multiply what God has given me. So this is the point the servant with one talent missed. See, he took his talent and he felt afraid. So he buried it in the ground. He preserved his talent. He didn't multiply his talent. So what does it look like for us to preserve our talent? You ever felt like, God, I'm just inadequate. I, I can't do what you're asking me to do. No, God gave you the talent he gave you because he knew it was within your ability to multiply that talent. He didn't give to the person with two speeds five talents. No, he might have given that person one talent, but he gives us talents that he knows we're able to multiply. This is within our grasp. But here's how we get tripped up. You know what? I've got sin in my life. God can't use me. Hello, we're all sinners here. We're all sinners saved by grace. Sin does not pre-qualify you from being used by God unless you have a hard heart and don't ask forgiveness for that sin. Then you're pre-qualified. But if we've got sin, we come to God and say, God, you know what? I'm sorry, but I'm selfish. Yep, I resemble that remark. I'm selfish. But God, can I turn over my selfishness to you. Can I ask you for help, Lord, that now I'm going to take my one talent and I'm going to try to do something with it. I'm going to, I'm going to look for every opportunity I treat people. It's an interaction to add value. Every resource I have, it's an opportunity to add value. This is what the, the one servant missed. And this is what Jesus said to him. He said, when I was afraid, or the servant says to Jesus, I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master says, you wicked and lazy servant. All right, I don't know about you, but in this regard, I want to go to the master and say, did you go a little bit too far there? Like, I understand the lazy part that he just hit it in the ground, but you're calling him wicked now? Like, we all got to be name callers in this world? How about being kind? Well, you know, I think the master's trying in this instance to call it for what it is, and we need to look at it with the stark reality that when, we, when God gives us something and we hide it in the ground, that isn't just being lazy, that's being selfish, right? It's being selfish to say, God, maybe, maybe we're filled with fear, maybe we're filled with shame, but we're missing out on what God has for us. And when we miss out on what God has for us, that's what sin is called. 
falling short of all that God has called us to. So what does it look like to be faithful stewards in the heart? Right? If God, what, what, this, what this servant had when he buried it in the ground, he wasn't faithful in his heart. He felt shame, perhaps. He felt fear, perhaps. But God said, no, I, I wouldn't give you more than your ability. So what I gave you, I'm asking you to do something with that. That's, that's where the servant says, we need to receive what God gives us as a gift and know that even if we feel shame, even if we feel like we can't be used by God, God has a way for all of us. He's got a way for all of us to find life and that more abundantly. But it starts with saying, God, my heart is hard. I need your forgiveness. That's where it starts. That's, I think this servant with one talent, he didn't have a good relationship with the master. He was living in fear. God doesn't want any of us to live in fear. So if you're out there today and you feel like I couldn't be used by God, you know what? Check your heart. Give your heart to Jesus and God will be able to use you. That's how we come to him in forgiveness. All right, third point. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. I think this could be the most important point that I make today if, if you're listening and if you're taking notes. Make sure you write this one down. So there was a man named Simeon, and we find his story in Luke 2. He was a man that God had prompted him. It says the day, there was a day that the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord as the law had required, guess what? Simeon's there. He wasn't planning on being there. But he's there, and God had told him, Simeon, you're going to see the Messiah. And Simeon's waiting, waiting, waiting. All of a sudden, this prompting happens, and now Simeon goes to the temple, and he gets to see Jesus, and he prophesies over Jesus. It's a wonderful time. Every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. So if you're a believer here today, what does it look like to be prompted by the Holy Spirit? Right? God's word says that his, my, my sheep know my voice. We say this uh, in our small group, right? If you want to, if you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible. If you want to hear God's voice audibly, read the Bible out loud, right? So that's what it looks like to hear God's voice. Sometimes you read His Word. So, so here's an an example. Earlier this year, I'm I'm reading the Word, and I'm reading the time where Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and and He is just groaning and praying, Lord. If there's any way, let this cup pass from me, but your will be done, not mine. And he prays that prayer how many times? Three times he prays that prayer. And God speaks to me. Sometimes our grief is so hard that we've got to keep praying through it. But the Father was there to comfort Jesus. And I don't know why I haven't texted this person in months at this point, but I just send a quick text to a friend of mine and say, you know what, I was reading this scripture. Sometimes even in our grief, we've got to go... Go to God. Jesus went to him three times, but God is there for you in your grief. I don't know that the person is dealing with grief, but I get a text back. How did you know that my mom passed away yesterday? And I've been really struggling with this. I don't know why I sent that text, but it was just a prompting, right? So I send a text right in that moment, and boom, God, and I'm like, well, God wanted you to know that he sees you. Right? He sees you, he loves you, he knows you, and he's there for you in the middle of your grief. That's what it can look like to be prompted. Sometimes we're prompted, we'll have people on the prayer team come up, you might come up and we pray in faith, believing, and you know what? Like, we don't hear the rest of the story. There is no, like, glorious moment that, that comes back the next week, I was healed. Well, God, were you there? And, and this is the point. 
Obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. That's what it looks like to be faithful. That's what it looks like to be a faithful servant, that we're obedient to what God has given to us. So if he's given you one talent, if he's given you two, if he's given you five, are you going to be faithful? And will you be a servant? That's what it looks like. So as I look at well done, my good and faithful servant, does it matter how many talents you've received? Doesn't matter if you got two speeds, 10 or 27, right? God has given us all something. He's given it to us in order of our ability. So what are the gifts that God has given to you? What are the gifts that God has given to me? Right? God does not desire for you to take your gifts and stand on the sideline. He's like, no, I need you in the game. Like, get in the game. Stop standing on the sidelines. I need you. I need you in my kingdom. We have this on the side. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. It's great to know God. It's great, even better to find freedom. Discovering your purpose is amazing, but all of them don't matter if you don't make a difference for his kingdom, if you don't bring glory to God with the gifts that he's given you. So this morning, I'd like to invite up different ministry leaders. We're going to have a serve Sunday downstairs. Ministry leaders or representatives, would you come up here for a minute and just line up behind me? I want you to meet some of the leaders and representatives from our ministries. They're all going to be downstairs in the, uh, as when we go downstairs here in a little bit for, for lunch. And you know what? This is what's going on right now at Shiloh. Shiloh is growing. It's a wonderful thing. We're seeing the spirit move. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. But as Shiloh grows, we have need for more of you to get in the game, right? I'm not saying that the only way we serve God is by what we do on a Sunday morning. No, there's Monday through Saturday, right? We've talked about the three things we need to do. But for a moment... I'd like to ask these guys, just tell me the name of your ministry. I think we're going to start over here with Kathy. Tell me the, you know what, um, we're just covering Sunday morning ministry, so we're not, we don't need you guys. You guys, these guys are, are involved in a ministry, but it's not happening here on a Sunday morning. Sorry about that. No, I've talked to all these people. That's why they're here. So Kathy, I'm going to ask you to start. Give me your name and what's the ministry that you serve in. Um, so my name is Kathy Saller, and I'm the kids director here. Um, and just real quick, many of you know that once a person reaches adulthood, the chances of them finding Jesus are rare. So we're firm believers here at Shiloh that as families bring their kids and as we teach them and love them and we partner with parents that we're raising kids to be Jesus followers for a lifetime. So um, we have many of them. In fact, I've been texting over there today, seeing if they're okay. And we just really need volunteers to work with kids. Um, to share the gospel with them, to love them, even for some to sit with those who need a little bit of extra support. Um, but if you're interested in kids and maybe that's something you haven't done in a while or you're new here, um, we have a process. So come see me downstairs at the table. Yes, awesome. Well, Kathy's so right. It's actually statistics is like almost 90% of people that get saved for the first time are under the age of 18, right? So that's crazy. So kids and youth are an amazing ministry. So if you love investing in young people and you love Jesus and you're just a little crazy, you can come talk to me, right? <laughs> Good morning. My name's Corey Ling. Uh, I am overseeing the care team here at Shiloh. Um, the Lord put the care ministry on my heart because I just have a heart for loving and caring for others, uh, not only to help them in their assistance, but also to help them find the next steps in their journey. Uh, the four areas of care that we oversee here are our grief needs, 
food needs, uh, visitation needs, such as hospital visits and nursing home visits, uh, and moving help as well. Um, so if you have a heart for any of these areas, um, please come and see me downstairs. I'd love to chat with you. Thank you. Hi. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Rachel Quigley. Um, I work at uh, the coffee bar with my husband, Patrick. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but we get coffee ready before service. And um, it's a pretty quick, we show up usually at 8.30, and then we go until service starts and then clean up. Um, it's a good ministry for um, couples who want to work together. It's a good ministry for newer people who want to meet new people. And it's also a good ministry, like a supplemental. If you're already doing something else, you can tack on the coffee bar. It's a pretty easy commitment. So if you're interested, come down and talk to me after service. We'd be happy to help you. Hi. Uh, last time I was asked to speak in public, I forgot everything about my life, so I wrote this down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my name is Amanda. My husband, Ben, and I, uh, we serve on the culinary team. Um, we were at a ministry fair last year. Uh, we really enjoy eating food, and uh, we love serving people, so it brings us joy to see the smile on faces when they're enjoying what we made. Um, we enjoy prepping because it gives us time uh, to get to know our team, uh, learn each other's strengths and weaknesses. Uh, we usually prep on a Friday or a Saturday night. Um, and then we go downstairs Sunday morning through church, and we uh, make the food. What Amanda forgot to say is that one day they came so early because they're such faithful servants that they set our alarm off. (laughs) 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 So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Billy. I am um, handling the First Impressions team. And how many of us know that First Impressions leave a lasting impression? Yes. So our first impressions team handles everything from the minute you get to the parking lot into this building, helping people get seated or maybe navigate the campus if they have kids that are going to Kidman. Um, And they really are the first, that face that is showing Shiloh's core values, the love God, love people, excel excel in excellence, and uh, pursue joy. So if this is something that you're doing, something that you feel like, hey, I'm already doing that, but I wouldn't mind being scheduled once a month, Please come see me after service. Awesome. Well, I'm Chris Daigle. I sing music on a Sunday most of the time. Um, when I tell people what I do when they ask me outside of church, I say I lead sing-alongs at a nonprofit in Manchester. So, <laughs> um, but so I do uh, help serve the worship team in many facets. There's many other people that do a lot of behind-the-scenes works that aren't on this stage um, that I'm very appreciative. But the worship team consists of worship, sound, AV, and video. So live stream, AV is the reason you're able to read a slide. Sound is the reason you're able to hear me. And music is, is the thing you guys like at the beginning of the service. The fun thing about the worship team is as much as I love your heart of a servant, if you don't know how to sing, it may not be the thing to do on a Sunday morning, but you don't need to know how to sing to join the worship team. You don't need to know how to play an instrument to join the worship team. Everything that we do from sound, AV, and video, it's all part of the worship expression of Jesus. So, um, and truthfully, one of the most important roles in our church is AV because our lyrics are on the screen, the sermon illustrations and slides are on the screen. So if you have a heart to serve and you have a heart of worship, come see me downstairs. If you have a skill of an instrument, listen, I never turn anyone away, but we do try out and we do say, hey, how can I help you get to the place you need to be to release a sound on a stage, you know? Um, there is a talent involved, but you know we want to do our best to accommodate everyone's needs. Um, but yeah, I can't serve everybody's needs. So what we do is, if you have a heart for worship, come see me and we'll figure out where to find you. Awesome. 
All right, thanks, guys. They're going to be downstairs right after service. So please see them as you, as you get your tacos. If there's a long line, you can see them before you get your taco, after you get your taco. Maybe they'll be having tacos at their table. Who knows? Um, all right, so how do we pre-decide to be a faithful servant? What does that look like to make a decision now before we get to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, how are we going to be faithful this week? And I think it comes down to these three areas we talked to. How are we going to treat people? Can we pre-decide that before we're going to get into situations, God, I want to be a faithful servant. I want to add value in what I say. I want to add value in what I, want, what I do. I want to anticipate my coworkers' needs. I want to anticipate my wife's needs or my husband's needs or how I'm going to serve my kids better, or how I can make the load easier for mom, right? How do we treat people? How do we talk? How do we act? How do we steward our resources? Do we act like every resource is an opportunity to multiply? Or you know what? Only on Sunday do I multiply. Every day, that's for me. No, it's our life. It's a hard attitude that God is looking for. I think so many times I want God to answer my prayer request with a yes, and God wants me to surrender more of who I am in the middle of the trial, right? The outcome isn't as important to him as my surrender is to him. And that's why, that's what it looks like to steward a resource well, to have that surrendered heart to God, that we recognize all the things that God has given us come from him, not from us. And then lastly, how are we gonna respond to God? God says his children hear his voice. As we hear his voice, do we see every prompting as an opportunity to obey him? Maybe even downstairs, God is going to prompt you, hey, go talk to this person. Go volunteer here. Are you going to listen to that prompting and obey? Or are you going to be like, oh, no, I got enough. I got enough going on. I really, that's not like our hearts need to be God. I want to be faithful and I want to be a servant. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? I want you just to close your eyes for a minute and ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? Lord, how do I decide to be, a, to be a, a faithful servant? Lord, what are the areas, if I think back over the last week or the last month, what, what areas am I being tripped up in? Lord, how do I make some decisions today before you that I say, Lord, you know what? It's my selfishness that gets in the way. God, it's my anger that gets in the way. Jesus, I'm going to turn over my shortcomings to you. I'm going to lay them down at the altar, ask for your forgiveness. God, because I want to be a faithful servant. I want to be one that multiplies what you've given to me. Right? This is something that you have to do before God. I can't do it for you. We're going to have a prayer team up here after service. They would love to pray with you and, and agree with you in prayer. But this is a decision we all make between us and God. So if you're here today and you recognize, hey, there's things in my life, God, I want to give to you. I want to commit to you. Just reach out to God right now. Reach out to him. Spirit is here. And Father, I pray for each one that's making a commitment to you today, Lord, about what they're pre-deciding. Lord Jesus, come for these commitments. Give them strength. Lord, let them not forget the moment they walk out of here what decisions they're making right now before you. So we trust you, God. We, we trust your Holy Spirit to move in our midst. Lord, I pray a blessing over each one. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Guys, thank you so much for being here. If you want prayer, we're gonna have a prayer team up here. Please come pray with us. Otherwise, downstairs is, is lunch and, uh, and the volunteer tables. Thank you.